Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, before we went on the air, you were telling me about the disaster of your fantasy football team. Uh, what happened last week? With my fantasy? Why Why are we starting with this? Because Just I, to aggravate me? Because you know I lost. Pretty much. From now on, here's the deal. I am not talking to you before the show starts. <laughs> That's the deal. Because... <laughs> <laughs> you just you don't want me to bring anything. I wanted on to air. take a nap under the table. You went on the on video and said that I was going to take a nap under the table. Now you're sitting there. You're giving me a hard time about fantasy football. Can we talk about real football right now? We can. We we've got Philadelphia Union coach Jim Curtin joining us on the line. Coach, how are you doing today? Please don't ask me about my fantasy football. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Ah, no problem at all. How exciting is this weekend for you? You've waited for it for a long time. Yeah, the guys have put in about, you know, eight and a half, nine months of work now and uh, put a lot into it, have had our best season, most wins and, and most points, and now the uh, the real season starts. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. We know uh, Town Energy Stadium would be uh, loud and and we're really excited to, to play Red Bull, which is a big rival for us. You mentioned the stadium; it's the first home playoff game since 2011. Uh, what impact do you think the home crowd's going to have? The Sons of Ben section, everybody else there. It should be crazy scene on Saturday on Sunday. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time coming. Obviously, uh, again, you work all season to get home field advantage. It's, it's huge in all professional sports. So, uh, big opportunity for us. Our fans are are incredible. They're kind of the lifeblood of our club, uh, and, and they're the ones that. You know, in a lot of games this year, have really pushed us on uh, in, in big moments, and and you know we'll need them to be uh, really loud. I know that they have some things planned, and then they're excited to to get going. It'll be a uh, should be a great day down at the stadium, and, and our, our players are are ready to go and to reward the fans with their first home playoff win. As a former player and as a seasoned coach, what is it? This is your first playoff game at home yeah. since 2011. What do you what do you have to do to keep the team from not getting too high when you're gonna it's it's no doubt going to be sold out the place is probably gonna right. be louder than it's ever been how do you keep the team from not getting too high starting the game Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. You have to control your emotions. You have to you know stay in the moment and, and you know play the game, not the uh, the occasion. So you know you're trying to balance that. Obviously, you want them to start fast, and there'll be a lot of you know, nervous energy at the beginning of the game. Uh, the crowd will be into it. Uh, but at the end of the day, once the whistle blows, uh, each individual has a job to do. And we've worked all season for this opportunity now. And, and you know, the game plan is in place. And we've, we've had a good week of training. And now, you know, once that whistle blows, uh, yes, there'll be nerves. It'll feel a little bit different in the stadium. I'd be lying if it if it didn't, if I said it didn't have uh, more meaning. Uh, but uh, at the same time, now you're trying to, to balance that and keep them confident uh you know and, and and ready to go so it'll be a lot of emotions as we go out the tunnel uh there's no better feeling than we, when we walk out of that that tunnel out onto our stadium's field and, and it's uh a big opportunity for us and, and again we want to make the city proud for sure in addition to the emotion uh bedoya has talked this week about an emphasis on not giving up the old early goal is that something yeah. that that the team has been focused on and what do you do differently to make sure that doesn't happen yeah, Red Bull is a, a team that, that always starts fast. They they probably are the best pressing team in our league, so they like to play at a, a high tempo. And, and, you know, when you score on them first, uh, it makes them change their, their game plan, you know. So, uh, you know, that the first goal will be critical. Uh, 
and obviously you don't want to concede it because it, it makes us change a little bit too and, and makes makes us open up a little bit. So uh, again, everybody will, will will have to stay disciplined in the beginning of the game. Uh, you, you want to be, you know, I call it kind of a controlled chaos <laughs> from the start uh, because again, with, with Red Bull and the, the emotions, the rivalry, and, and just the, the style of play that they bring, uh, and actually the style of play that we bring, we like to play at a high tempo too. So it's going to be uh, kind of going 100 miles an hour. Uh, and again, you don't want to be the team that concedes early on. So that that discipline in the beginning, first 15 minutes of the game, will be uh, be very important. Once all that nervous energy wears off, then I think the soccer will take over, and I, I think we have the better soccer team. How hard is it coming off the international break to make sure that these players are sharp and ready to go? And on the flip side of that, you, you had some players that got some great experience with Aronson, with the national team, McKenzie, on the under-23 Olympic team. How helpful is that to players like them who got some additional experience in that time? That's great. You, first of all, you guys know your stuff, which is good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, those guys being away is a, is a great experience for them. You know, that's how, you know, part of uh, young players' development is playing with the best players. So for them to have the opportunity with the 23s and Brendan with the full national team to just be around it, even though the results weren't what we wanted in, uh, for the U.S. and in Canada, but uh, to just be in the locker room with those guys and, and train at that level uh, was something that's special for Brendan. Uh, obviously, the other guys with the 23s are in, in, in line to play in the Olympics, which is always an honor uh, and represent the Philadelphia Union there. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, for a coach, it, it is a little bit different uh, this week, you know, because you have guys in, you have guys out uh, with the national teams. Andre Blake was away as well. Um, so you're trying to, again, try, these guys are creatures of habit, so you're trying to keep it as normal uh, as possible. But, um, you know, missing a few guys is, is part of part of the game. You know, every team in the league right now, uh, has a few guys in and out with the national team, so um, we're no different. And uh, yeah, we've we've tried to keep it as, as you know as, as normal as we can. Uh, and now with the game plan implementing the Brendan and Mark McKenzie uh, back into it because those guys are are going to be starting for us. So yeah, it's a it's a challenge for sure as a, as a coach, but at the same time, um, I think our players have had a little more time to recover. I, I think we're fresh right now, um, and I do like the new playoff format. In past years, it was. You know, we finished on a Sunday, and our, our first playoff game was on the road on a Wednesday. And you didn't even have time to really enjoy it, and your game plan felt rushed. And, and this one, there's at least been a longer uh, build-up. You know, you get to hype up the game, do things like this, and, and talk about it, and get get everybody excited about it. So uh, I think it's a, a much better format this time around. It's also let you get some guys healthy. Looks like you're have, you'll have Casper yeah. Shaboko back, uh, 15 goals this season. Can you talk about the impact of him returning, and also? Any concerns about the fitness of some of these players who have been off for some time in, a, in an atmosphere like this? Yeah, it's tricky. You know, Casper obviously uh, has had an amazing season. Uh, our leading goal scorer um, has played well in all of our big games in particular. You know, we've actually, uh, I'm proud of the fact that we've had one of the best records against the teams that are in the playoffs. So against the best teams, you know, we've played some of our best soccer. Um, so Casper uh, is kind of our, our leader up top. Uh, obviously not having him training fully uh, for the past week and a half has been a challenge, uh, but he's doing everything he can to maintain his fitness. Uh, it's going to take a lot to keep him out of this game, um, and, and things have gone uh, according to plan, but he, he's definitely going to have uh, a little bit of pain and discomfort, but uh, I'm hoping that he's able to, to tough through it and, and get out there for us. So uh, it's a challenge for sure uh, because you want to be everybody you know fully healthy and fully here and, and you know, full week of preparation going into the playoffs uh, and do our biggest games. But the reality is at this point of the year, 
everybody has bumps and bruises and injuries that they're they're fighting through. So um, we're no different. Uh, and I still, if you can only go, you know, even if you can only go 60 minutes, uh, I'm really confident in our bench. We've been a very deep team this year, and we've had that kind of next man up mentality. So uh, we're a true team in the sense in the sense of the word. You ha- you have two players that have been to the MLS Cup finals in Warren Cravalli, who's uh, who played for the Houston Dynamo and made it to the finals, and and Colin. Uh, who made it to the finals and won it in 2013 with Sporting KC. Yeah. How helpful is it to have guys that have gone all the way? And what what wisdom, if any, have they imparted on the younger guys? Yeah, look, those two guys uh, are great professionals, first and foremost. Uh, and, and listen, they haven't logged uh, maybe as mi- the most minutes this year, but at the same time, uh, they've played a really key role uh, in Warren's case, closing out games defensively for us, and then in Collins' case uh you know he, he stepped in and as a starter and, and won a few games for us and did a great job at center back uh, but what you don't see is just how much of an influence those two guys have on our locker room uh, colin in particular with his ability to speak about four or five languages and, and communicate for me to to some of our players uh who maybe only speak portuguese or french um has been so valuable uh he's a real team first guy um you know whenever you've been on a team that's played for in a final and, and in Colin's case lifted a trophy and, and won the championship. That's a, a experience that you can't really get to young guys. Uh, it, it's just hard for young guys to understand what it takes until they actually do it. So Colin's done it. Uh, Warren Corval has done it and played in big games. Uh, so you lean heavily on those, ex- those experienced guys uh, to help in the locker room, to keep the guys calm, uh, to tell them, uh, playoffs are different you know there's 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 no real exact thing you can put your finger on but once the playoffs start the intensity of the game is far far different than the regular season uh you know i'd like to say uh, we were able to play at a playoff intensity uh each of our games down the stretch here but um the reality is the playoffs are something special there's something different does it put a chip on on the shoulder of the players the way they closed out the season not having as much success as they had earlier in the season uh, going into this game? Do they, they sort of listen to what some of the people are saying or as players, you try and have them block that out and just focus on um, your game plan at this point? Yeah, I mean, it is a new season. Um, look, we're, we weren't happy um, down the stretch. We also recognized down the stretch we had uh, the second toughest schedule in our league in our last seven games. So we had some hard games to play, and it was kind of uh, front-loaded our schedule, and we took advantage of it. And, uh, you know, Clinching the home playoff game with four games left was a good accomplishment. Trust me, we wanted to fight and and play for first place and, and have that opportunity. But um, you know, we just ran into some really good teams down the stretch and, and we got beat. So uh, it's it's a new season now, though. Uh, the, the end of the year is behind us now. And, and I told our guys today, it's it's three games to play for a trophy now. We have to win three soccer games in a row, and then we're playing for a Moss Cup, which is. Uh, pretty surreal to say <laughs> out loud to you guys now and, and now we have to uh, do our talking kind of on the field and, and execute all right well you have a game at three o'clock on sunday you getting any sleep yeah. the night before <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's tough it's going to be a special day in philadelphia because you got you know you got uh, our, our game which is huge a uh, chance to win our first playoff game at home and you know the fans can get home in time to watch the Eagles Cowboys too, which is always a big thing in Philadelphia. So it's, and, uh, and it's you're a, a you're a Philly guy. <laughs> you're a Philly guy. Am, you're, yeah. you're a fan. So you know we're, we're hoping you're in a happy mood after the game, so you can enjoy that Eagles Dallas game on Sunday night, Coach. We appreciate exactly. the the access all season talking to you. And wish you the best of luck on Sunday. Look forward to seeing you down there and uh, go get yourself a playoff win. 
thanks so much for having me guys and thanks for all all that all that you guys do continue growing uh growing soccer in this in this country thank you very much uh we appreciate it have a great one jeff to be able to to talk to him um i feel like i learn something about soccer every time we have him on well that doesn't I've been no I no okay so you know that I have been he does impart wisdom to the rest of us but for you I have been a soccer fan a kid that played soccer growing up watched with my grandfather who played semi-pro I played goalie actually which I because I always hated that people said the short kid couldn't play goal yeah so I played goalie and won the MVP that year so it was fun MVP do you still have the trophy yeah it's like a little thing somewhere at home I mean, look, I was, like, young, but I, I was invited to play on the travel oh, team I should have brought my trophy from this weekend. See, that's we'll why you want to put We'll me talk in. about it in a bit. Oh, wait, yeah. you're... No, 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 we won't no, talk we about it. To, We're going to talk about it right well, now. Well, no, let's, let's, let's first talk about what's going to happen on Sunday at that game. We'll uh, be I, there, I, hanging out? Well, yeah, obviously, we'll be there. Uh, obviously, that's, you know, th- that's the big attraction, right? That you'll um, be there? Yeah, that you and I will be there. That's why, but, that's why everybody's going to come to the game. Remember what's going on in the field, Jeff Cohen's there. But... Is is there any doubt? Look, we've been to a, a, a few games this year that have been really loud, right? Is there any doubt that this may be the loudest that this stadium will have ever heard? No, look, the, the significance of this game cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. Um, as a franchise, th- everybody loves a winner. Mm-hmm. And the playoffs is when you get that next-tier fan who isn't the hardcore fan but likes to watch and get involved with everybody around them. And they have an opportunity this weekend to make a statement and win a game and grow that base. It's something they've struggled for and they've wanted, and that chance is here. So it's more than just winning a playoff game. It's growing the base of that franchise. Yeah, I, I agree area. with you, but I also we talked about this beforehand. I, I have a different angle as well. It's not just growing the base. It, it, it is the hardcore fan because this team's been here for a decade. Uh, they've they've never won a playoff game before, okay. And I know a decent number they fit of people. In Philly just fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know a decent I number of people that, that were that were original season ticket holders who who stopped who stopped going as often and didn't renew their season tickets because it's tough when you you haven't been around a winner. You know, uh, I know even even though it's Philadelphia, but. But those people are starting to come back. I've started. To, I mean, I've talked to some of those people, including a couple of people in my office who have who have said, you know, uh, you know, the last few months they've been saying, oh, I'm going to the game, even though I don't have season tickets. And today, I, I had three people in my office say who sit there and said, I'll see you on Sunday. Is that people are now starting to get excited again? Jeff and has it, friends going to the game. People, and, and he's it, excited. Yeah, stay away from him. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if they if they win the game, the momentum that builds from this and the momentum that can build from it going forward, not just this season, but this offseason and next season. I mean, keep in mind, they signed Prisbelko or Shabilko back for next season. They have a bunch of young players that the they can grow from this opportunity. And I think that that's the excitement of that. This this seems like a new beginning for them. And then the coach seems cognizant of that, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't seem to shy away from what the last seven games were down the stretch for them. You know, he didn't really make excuses. He said it was a tough schedule, but they, that was what you it know, was. You know what? The other thing that's great about Coach Curtin is is his, his honesty with with us and the press. You just and like the he fans. complimented you on a question. Well, well, of course that's <laughs> nice too. But no, I, I do I do think that he is refreshingly honest in a in a kind way. I don't know. Kind's he's not candid. The right, 
Yes, but he's but when he's candid, he's not abrasive about it. He and and he's incredibly knowledgeable and can impart that knowledge on people without talking down to them, which is very hard for coaches. You know, you get a lot of coach speak. I don't I don't get coach speak from him, but I learn things from him. No, I totally agree. It, mm-hmm. it should be fun down there. Um, look forward to it. We'll talk about more about what happened on next week's show when we get back. Should Grandpa Jeff bring his earplugs? Oh, you should definitely yeah. bring your earplugs. <laughs> I mean, it's a 3 o'clock start, so it's getting close to your bedtime. So you may just want to bring hey, a pillow, too. Not the beginning down. of the game. The end of the game. <laughs> the end of the game. You may have to ask the questions in the post-game press conference after, after you'd be, you'd be sleeping in the back. Yeah. If anybody wants to be a mattress advertiser, Jeff will, <laughs> Jeff will go right in. He's ready for nap time. Uh, I'm ready Jeff, for that now. Jeff, you won a trophy the other day. Huh? You won a trophy the other day. A medal. You're a medal. A medal. You're a medal winner. Yes. Uh, tell me how you won said I, I, medal. Quite frankly, I don't know how, how accurate the information <laughs> that I was provided today, but was told that I finished in the top 10%. But that, but Of what? Uh, of the people that ran the Gritty 5K. The Gritty 5K. So, tell me the atmosphere so t- for Gritty. The Gritty 5K was something special. I've never done a 5K before, but considering I just tried out for a professional basketball team, I figured... What the hey, let's see how far I can push my body before I need surgery and need Dr. Gelber to actually come up here and do the surgery. Dr. Gelber, by the way, our uh, orthopedist and author who's going to come on and talk about his new book out will join us next week. He had to do some surgery this yes. week. Not mine. Though. Not not on us, yes. but uh, he'll join us on next week's show to, to talk about the new book, which we definitely look forward yeah. to. So, but, uh, so, since Jeff so hasn't had surgery yet. So, so the Flyers, along with Gritty, put together the Freddy, Gritty... 5k and gritty was there of course uh doing his stretches beforehand different than anybody else's stretches lauren hart sang the national anthem lou nolan was the master of ceremonies and and it started at the um it started the wells fargo went made its way through uh through the navy yard and came back but it was different than any five i've never run a 5k before but i can tell you it was different than any other 5k so it start first of all the number of people dressed as gritty was in, insane. There were also people, you know those Chinese New Year dragons where there's like five people in them? There were those that were gritty. <laughs> there, you got shot with silly string along the Did race. Did you take pictures with any of these people? No. I have some pictures. Come I sent I, I sent and posted some pictures on our on our Twitter account. Yeah, but, but they were kind of weak. Oh, well, what can I tell you? But um <laughs> Uh, they had people spraying orange stuff on you. And halfway through the race, all of a sudden, Gritty is by the side of the road w- in front of a um, an area that has a bunch of Claude Giroux stuff that he's sitting there worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then to top it off, you get a couple hundred meters from the finish line, and they're handing out hot dogs. <laughs> Exactly what you wanted at that point. And then you finish and you high five gritty when you cross the finish line. And then they had the Flyers Fan Fest. And it, it was it was an absolutely great event. And it was the anti-5K, but I did decide to run it, which is why I actually finished in a in non-embarrassing time. So everybody else was but loafing it along and you were like... Just walking and having a good time. You're the, and guy, you're the guy that goes to like a child's race and runs along just so you can beat no, them. No, yeah, I'm Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's talk some football before we yeah. head to break. We'll get back to the Flyers later in the show. Don't you worry. Uh-huh. Um, you're about to bring down I almost broke show, my TV right? last week watching the Eagles game. My wife would have killed By the way, me. I have a suggestion for you. Okay, and as a long-suffering Michigan football fan, uh, many of us have a TV brick, which is a foam brick that you can throw at the TV without causing much harm, but it feels good. Do you want to get me it? 
And I I don't know if I've ever seen those for Eagles games, but they really should. Maybe we could brand those. it for the show. But oh, but and speaking of branding, back to gritty for one second. The amount of gritty merchandise that exists in this world is is. I would crazy. just like to point out that you did not like gritty at first. I will continue. Just like you remind yes. me that I like the draft pick of Donald Pumphrey, who now yes. was chosen for the XFL this week. In which round? Uh, like the seventh round. Yeah, of the XFL. Of the draft. XFL. No, it was the sixth round. I, I, you, you texted me. I will. Wh- which, by the way, so I have a question about that. Yes. Were you actually watching the XFL draft? No, I wasn't. No, I don't believe no. you. I was not. I, I don't believe for one second that you weren't watching that. So I actually wasn't. I was seeing then updates Then how on did Twitter. you real-time information because, be Donnell Pumphrey's sixth-round selection? Okay, now you will believe this after I tell nope. you. Because I'm a wrestling fan, and yeah. because I follow wrestling people, they were putting uh-huh. out XFL stuff since it's owned by Vince McMahon. Right. So they, the XFL was putting out these branded who the picks were each round. Where? On Twitter. So, so I saw so it on you Twitter. Follow wrestlers on Twitter? No, I follow journalists who write about wrestling or people who write. Are you about... really a journalist if you follow wrestling? I follow journalists. Aren't you who a write fiction a writer? I, well, there's <laughs> look. There's <laughs> politics is fiction these days, Jeff. <laughs> a lot of people who write about. No, that. No, I wish it was fiction. So I mean, look, yeah. I, I follow. I actually use Twitter just to follow a lot of people to sound right. smart. So, so, so I don't not, follow you. Though, so you I thank you very much. But I, but I will tell you that, that that yes, you're right. At first, I was <laughs> leery of. Of gritty to say the least, he certainly has grown on me because he's ours. Yes, um, but uh, even those those headbands, did you see? So th- they had the fanatic headbands that that uh, the Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper one. Well, now they have gritty headbands. Of course they do, and with the creepy eyes. It's a marketing genius. The amount that they sold at the because they had tents where you yeah. could buy all sorts of gritty stuff. The uh, I don't think anybody did. Just have disappointed a you didn't get one for me. You didn't get me a T-shirt. He didn't get me a headband. Well, other people actually texted me during the I race know. I heard Lennox texted you and, asking to and, get one. And, and, and by the way, because I'm old, I, he says, I'll Venmo you the money. And I was like, what? Of course you don't use so, Venmo. No, I did. I did. Somebody had set up a Venmo account for me for someone else. So I, I learned how to have money sent to me. I don't know what to do with it now that it's in there. But yeah, God, I learned. that's too funny. So why don't you bring down the show and let's go back to the Eagles' wonderful <sighs> last Sunday. So the only good thing that happened is that Dallas lost too. Yes. <laughs> that, that is literally the only good Should thing that happened. Should we do a Jets chant? Uh, you can, but... Where's, where's Brett? We should have been prepared with audio oh. or something. Um, well, yeah, so Brett, our old producer, uh, had Dallas uh, in his uh, survivor pool. Serves him right probably for taking Dallas in anything in life, but uh, <laughs> got eliminated and now is walking around here like he's in mourning from a funeral or something like that. But the, the game was frustrating. Uh, it was it was very frustrating. Not the Cowboys game. That was awesome. The... the <laughs> I couldn't tell what was worse, the fact that one receiver was wide open or yeah. that both of them were wide open for Minnesota on many plays. Uh, Jeff, what were your thoughts? Why did they need Kirk Cousins to come alive this week? Well, they talked trash about him. Yeah. They they got him motivated a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, that worked out well for Zach Brown, didn't it? And Zach Brown now cut. Yeah. Uh, not Look... They have very little. Maybe the depth. Vikings will pick. Them. They have very little depth at linebacker now. Mm-hmm. They cut Zach Brown. Nigel Bradham's out this so week. So what was the reasoning they gave for cutting Zach Brown? They didn't. They have and Jim, when Jim Schwartz was asked, he said, "You'll have to ask Howie." So they didn't give a reason. It uh, sounds that, like they that weren't happy like that he was, talked. That must have been a front office decision. Yeah, well, but how, then but then do Doug comes somebody? out this week and says they're going to beat Dallas. So okay, <laughs> but what does that mean? 
Apparently, Dallas isn't happy about it. <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about bulletin board material. If you have to, if you need bulletin board material to get motivated, you have a problem. I'm more concerned by the injuries that the Eagles have this week. Deshaun Jackson is going to be out again. Jason yeah. Peters is going to be out. Andre Dillard will be there. The matchup with Robert Quinn going against him in that dome as a rookie, uh, definitely concerning. There were some bright spots in the Vikings game. Miles Sanders in the passing game continues to develop out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. It seems like Doug is finally ready to commit to Jordan Howard a little more as the primary runner, recognizing the success that he's had. So we'll see how that plays itself out. But Carson Wentz, once again, is taking the blame for this. Wait, so so let's... I'll let you go there, but I want to tee this up. So you you just said that they're committed to the passing game out of the backfield, right? I would argue to you that that's not necessarily a good thing because here's a stat. So Carson Wentz right now is throwing 33% on passes that travel 15 yards in the air, okay? He has three interceptions on passes that are 15 yards or more, which is tied for most in the league. He has 148 passes that are 10 yards or fewer and no no interceptions and nine touchdowns. What my concern is, is that Carson Wentz is only looking for the sure thing. And if you're looking for the sure thing, you're missing, and I know they don't have Deshaun Jackson right now, so hopefully it opens up when he comes back. But it's starting to cause what you want to talk about, which is the griping now of some of the at least one of the players this is multiple more. times now that players have not put their name on statements putting it out to the media that they are not satisfied either with the decisions of the quarterback or the organization so earlier in the week somebody uh commented that the eagles missed out with jalen ramsey who went to the rams for two firsts and a fourth the eagles certainly could have used him in their defensive right. backfield they did give a shot at him they so, did, so uh, but un- unlike close what I said is, which is doesn't I don't really want them, count here. They I, actually gave they gave it the old college try. Yeah, I don't think that's good enough. I really don't. He's twenty four yeah. years old, and he could have been here for the next five to seven years, locking down that corner. I just well, let, let's don't see if the Rams sign enough. him. The Rams, the Rams still have to sign him. Let's see if let's see if the back injury and all the other nonsense that Jalen Ramsey ke- said kept him out. Let's see if he's going to now be a good teammate. Jalen Mills coming back this week. Do you feel any better about the secondary? No. Or is that just somebody else who will get burnt? I think it's better than what they've had, assuming he's healthy. Uh-huh. That's a big but, assumption. Right. He hasn't been on a football field since last, what, November? Right, so it's going to take him some time. So I'll, I'm not, I'm not, it's better than what they had, but I don't know if what they had was that good to begin with. The best thing for the Eagles secondary is that the Dallas offense is banged up. Um, Amari Cooper will be out. Right. Uh, Dak Prescott's apparently not a $38 million a year quarterback. Did you watch last week? Dak Prescott took a beating. Yeah, their offensive line is horrible. They were without both of their starting tackles. There's a question as to whether they'll be back this week. Zach Martin, their guard, has a back issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, they still handed the ball off 28 times to Zeke Elliott. And mm -hmm. so I don't know against this defense... Of all the the weaknesses and challenges the Eagles have, their defense against the run is not one of them. They've no. been very stout against yeah. the run. So it's the pass that's can the they stop Elliott and then lock down what's basically the Cowboys' three, four, and five receivers? Michael Gallup and Jason Witten and 
you know, the, those players if you don't have the Amari Cooper out there. I don't know if they can. I don't I mean, think the Eagles can lock down anybody. The, uh, that's not a word I would ever use for the secondary. You don't normally see players get as open as they do when they play against the Eagles secondary. Yeah, well, that, so Carson Wentz is going to need to throw the ball more than ten yards at a clip. That's but, that's the thing. This is this is going to end up being a messy game. You don't know what you're going to get on defense. You don't know which Dak Prescott's showing up. But I will tell you is that that all the the super hype about Dak Prescott in, after the first three games when he played against the three worst teams in the league. It's now coming back that Dak Prescott is what we all think Dak Prescott is. You think the Eagles is. win this game? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. I think they win it, but I have no idea why. Well, I just think it's going to be a mess. Like I, I can't. I, I, if somebody I, says to me, why are the Eagles going to win this? I have no idea. Here's what I, I can, just think they're going to. Here's what I can promise you. You will not feel good about this game. I don't feel good win. about any game that I watch. It's well, anxiety-inducing and uh, gut-wrenching. So I'm, I'm, uh, look. <laughs> I was going to say and nauseating some say weeks. Philadelphia frankly. fans won't feel good, but that that that's after every game too. Yeah. So I just don't think that this is going to be a clean game of football where you're going to walk out of this saying that uh, we're on the right path. Are you saying of. clean game of football is in? I'm going to have to deal with all the refs' flags again, or clean game of football oh, is in I'm, ugly look, football? You're on your own with the refs' flags. I, there's no point in talking about that unless you unless you have a specific gripe this week. The fact is, did you watch the Packers Lions game? No, as a matter of fact, I didn't. Oh, you missed out on the yeah. whole end of the game being dictated by penalty calls yeah, on both sides. It was I, ridiculous. I'm surprised Matt Patricia hasn't strangled somebody yet. I thought he was going to poke his eyes out with the pencil <laughs> that he puts behind his ear. It was it was ridiculous what went on in that game. I will tell you again this week. I have no idea, and no, neither do the refs or the players. What yeah. pass interference is in this league anymore? How'd the replay work out? Didn't, didn't straighten anything. No, out? it's not solving things. What happened? I, I was wrong, Jeff. Again, oh, I will say oh. that every week. Every Did week, I will that? say that. Did you get that? Yes, Robert will take okay. that from behind right. the glass, and he will cut that up so that you can just By drop way, in whenever you want. So I here's was wrong. the deal: we don't actually don't need to cut it up anymore. Although, please do for my own ringtone, but. Um, <laughs> Robert, he's ready. He's gonna make. He's gonna make me saying I was wrong. His yeah. ringtone. But How do you the feel fact about is, that? it's becoming a weekly thing that you're <laughs> it's saying. Gonna be great. So. It's gonna be great. You're gonna have it already <laughs> primed up. No problem. Oh God, Jeff. Uh, it's gonna be the best drop ever. It will be a yes. great drop. All the shows on ESPN will now be using that. You think the NFL is breathing a sigh of relief that Pat Ma- Patrick Mahomes only has a sublux kneecap and not ligament damage? Yeah, well, yes, that it's not ligament damage, but he's still going to be out for at least a month. So uh, that's not something that you want if you're the team. Matt Matt Moore Matt is Moore. not the guy you want as a quarterback. Matt Moore, yeah. your starting quarterback. It, it does amaze me. Andy Reid, a, as much of a quarterback guru as he is, that that's the guy he brings in as Matt Moore? Uh, I don't know. Uh, kind of baffling, huh? Kind of baffling. Why don't we head to break? Before we do that, we'll talk about what we're going to do this week with Deshaun Jackson. And then when he we, may not be playing, but... But he'll be hanging out this week with us. Uh, MFC Authentics and Framing is hosting a public autograph section w- session with Deshaun Jackson on Tuesday night, October 22nd from 7 to 8.30. Jeff and I will be hanging out, talking a little bit of sports while that's going on. Get the, your autograph from Deshaun. Tickets are available for purchase in-store or online at www.mfcauthenticsandframing.com. For more information, you can call MFC Authentics and Framing at 856-535-3500. They're located in the Heritage Square Shopping Center on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. You can see Jeff and I there. Breaking news before we go, Jalen Mills is starting Sunday. We'll come back and talk about that. Stick with us. 
Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty Clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. This is Dan Baker public address voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. And you're listening to the Heart of Sports with Jeff Cohen and Jason Springer. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. It's just kind of cool to have Dan Baker welcome you back to the show, isn't it, Jeff? Does that warm your heart and make you think of baseball? It does. Uh, it's exciting. We'll, we'll get and it to hasn't, it. It hasn't even snowed yet. We'll uh, talk a little Flyers momentarily uh, before we get there. You said that Jalen Mills will be starting before we hit the break. Do you feel better? No. Why not? (laughs) I feel better because it pushes the other guys down, but I just... Look, Jalen Mills had problems before Jalen Mills got injured. Yeah. He has not played in a year. Yeah, but he's got that green hair. I I don't care what color his hair is. I really don't. You know what? Here's the deal. If the, if the if the Eagles win this weekend, will you do the green hair thing next week for next week's show? No. Will you do the green hair thing for the appearance do with Deshaun Jackson? I don't do hair color. Come on. You can do it just for the night. No. My mom wanted me to dye my hair for my wedding. I don't I do not do hair color. It's going to go gray. What color I'm just did, happy wait, it's there. What color did she want you to dye your hair for your wedding? Just so it wasn't gray. <laughs> really? Yeah. Don't ask. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask. Does it really? make you? Does it make you feel any better though about that secondary? I mean, I guess better any is relative. Better than when we discussed it ten minutes ago, no. I still think that they need to make a move. I'm, right. I'm excited that Denver lost again. Maybe a Chris Harris becomes available, or Tennessee keeps losing, and you end up with why would Den- Denver give up on Chris Harris? Because they're not going anywhere this year, and they so? don't have him signed up long term. So he's somebody that you can get for a draft pick. That well, is more of a what, band-aid. There's only, what, a week and a half left before the trade deadline. I, I do think, though, that depending on how the result of the game comes out on Sunday, that'll determine the aggressiveness of the Eagles. If they're 3-4 mm-hmm. and four with a loss to Dallas, I don't know if they're quite as aggressive making moves and putting people out there as they would be otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? or no. I mean, I should ask, shouldn't ask you if things make sense when yeah. we're on the air, right? You ready to talk a little Flyers? Let me ask you a question. Do you think if you ask me that question, I'm going to honestly say, yeah, that made a lot of sense. That was brilliant. Why? You, you tell me all the time. <laughs> Never that you it thinks are You threw me brilliant. under the table earlier. It was your own fault. We got Charlie oh, yeah. O'Connor joining us to talk a little Flyers. Charlie, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. So, Charlie, have you been traveling with yeah. the team? <laughs> I have. I uh, I actually just got back last night from uh, from Calgary and Edmonton. You got some frequent flyer there. miles. That's true. So he, here's the question. <laughs> yeah. he, here's the first question that I have that I'm completely flummoxed by. How did the NHL schedule the Flyers to go to Prague for a home game, 
come home for a game, and then hit the road for a West Coast trip to Canada. You know, it's it's wild because it is such a crazy schedule. Um, I believe it was uh, Mike Sealski, the Inquirer, had talked to, to Chuck Fletcher, the Flyers' GM, in the summer. And apparently Fletcher claimed that he actually asked for the uh, the West Coast trip to happen early in the year uh, because he wanted to get it out of the way as soon as possible. Now, I, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with the thought process, considering the fact that they just were coming back from Prague. Right, back-to-back back with Prague. I don't think that's what he was asking for. <laughs> Yeah, right. But at least according to uh, to what Mike said, uh, it seems like the Flyers wanted this. I, I guess I understand to a degree that, you know, you're not dealing with as many injuries at the beginning of the year. You're fresh because the year has just started. But at the same time, this this first five-game stretch has been wild. You know, you, you go to Prague, you come home for that one game, and then you're right back out on the road. And they played... They play. They played in four different uh, in four different time zones. You know, they played in the Pacific. They played in the uh, in the Mountain time zone. And they played in Eastern time zone, obviously in Philly, and then whatever the time zone is, the Prague's in. That's amazing. And and look, they're they're two two and one. And your article, your column yesterday was sort of depending on what you're looking for, you can find a little bit of it in there. You can have glass half full, yeah. glass half empty. So, what is your assessment of the start of the season for this team? I mean, I probably lean a little bit more positive than negative, but that's primarily because I think really the Edmonton game, the game on Wednesday, that's sort of the game that will determine whether you're you're excited or whether you're still very pessimistic. Because obviously the score was terrible. You know, they they lost six three, and they were down even by more than that for most of the game. So if you just look at the score and you just look at the outcome, you probably are like, oh, God. You know, they won their first two games great, but now they've lost three straight and they come home and they're a mess. They're the same old flyers. If you watch that game from start to finish, though, they really didn't play that poorly. They actually, you know, peppered uh, Edmonton with shots and chances. And what happened was the Edmonton goalie, uh, Koskinen, just had a surprisingly really good game. And guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle just went crazy. The few chances that Edmonton had, they finished because they have high-end talent guys who sometimes can do that. So to me, I look at these first five games and I say that they really only had one truly bad game, which was the game in Calgary, which legitimately was terrible. So you're looking at, you know, four good games five, and one bad game during a stretch of awful travel. I don't look at that as being that bad. But if you're just basically looking at it as, and this is what I talked about in the column, that the Flyers no longer deserve the benefit of the doubt because they've been so mediocre for so long, and I'm not willing to deal with any excuses, just win games. If you're like that, and I don't think there's I, – I think you're justified in believing that if you believe that about the Flyers, then you're going to come out of these first five games and just be thinking, oh, they're the same team. Okay. I don't necessarily buy that, but I'm sympathetic to the people that do because the Flyers have just been mediocre for so long. I get you, but to to me, this team has something different than the mediocre Flyers teams of the last decade, which is the promise of a real stand-on-your-head goalie. And, and granted, yeah. he had he had a rough game the other night, but he's already made some 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 saves that you just go wow, and he's still just a baby. But he shows so much promise, and it's got to be not just for fans, but it's got to be for the players who play in front of him, a, a, a big motivational tool to have to know that you have that backstop back there. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I was I was actually at practice today. I was talking to Jake Voracek with a couple other reporters, and someone asked him, you know, 
do you trust that Carter Hart's going to come back on, on Saturday to have a great game? And he just kind of looked at the, the reporter who asked the question. He's like, no, I don't, I don't have any worries at all. I, I completely have confidence in him because I watch him every day. I see how talented he is. I see his work ethic. You, know, you guys worry about the goaltending more than we do. We're not worried. And it, was, it didn't seem like a, uh, you know, a canned statement. It seemed like he has full confidence in, in this 21-year-old kid, which is pretty amazing considering the fact that most goalies don't even get to the NHL by this age. And he's already the, the starter and has really gained the confidence of an entire team. Now the question is, you know, is he going to have a good year at age 21? And, and I don't know. You know, hopefully he does. And if he does, this team could make some noise. There have been a lot of goalies who, you know, they have a great first year at a very young age, and then their second year they take a step back. You know, Carey Price is a guy who Hart's been compared to a lot, understandably so. He's one of the best goalies in hockey. Carey Price had a step back year in his years, in his second year. So, well, If you can promise me that like, he'll have a bad second year, an okay second year, and then he'll be Carey Price for the rest of his career, I'll take it. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, and that's the thing. So. I mean, I came into this year not sure what he was going to, what Hart was going to deliver this year. I'm confident that he's going to be a very good goalie, whether it's this year, whether it's you know a year, a year down the line, two years down the line, when he really becomes the guy he's going to become. I'm not sure, but I do agree that that I I think Hart's the long-term answer and goal. And if he's good this year, yeah, this team could be really excited. What's your impressions of the new coach and and how he's relating to the team? I, I'm, I've come away pretty positive about Elaine Vigneault so far. Um, you know, one thing I've liked about what he's been able to do, at least in the short term, is, and this is, I guess, it kind of is inherent to a coach that comes in with the, the level of experience and the, the track record of success that he has, but he's been able to come in and really, you know, showcase just how much of an authority figure he is. You know, if the team isn't doing well, isn't doesn't have a good game, he makes sure they know about it. And there are consequences to having poor games. And, you know, say what you will about Dave Haxel. I know he wasn't very popular in this city, but, it, you know, his thing, when, when, you're a, when you're a first-time NHL coach, you just don't come with that kind of authority. You know, regardless of whether he's, he's a good coach or a bad coach, you, know, you just don't come with that kind of authority. You don't have that kind of clout in the room. And it's clear that Vino has that kind of clout and is willing to use it in the early going. Uh, he did it in, in preseason when they had a really bad preseason game. He basically responded by cutting half the half the training camp roster and then told all the veterans, you know, hey, you might have only thought you were playing one or two preseason games. Well, guess what? You're playing four or five because it's unacceptable. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that is good to hear because, you know, I, I do think these players, you know, maybe got a little comfortable in the old uh, in the old regime. And, uh, and Vigneault isn't about to let that happen, which I think is good for the team as a whole. You talked in, in your article about the little bit that, that there is that anyone can take out of it. What I was concerned of when I took it, when I watched the games out West, was the Flyers seem to have focused more in the offseason and bringing in size. The question to me is, is, is that size also fast enough to compete with the Edmontons of the world? Yeah, it's, it's a fair question. Um, the one thing I will say is that I think that, you know, the guys that they picked, like the prospects they picked for the roster tended to fall in, in that bucket. You know, Carson Terensky, Connor Bunneman, they're not slow skaters, but they're not, they're not burners. Um, the, the better skaters didn't necessarily make the team, but they might be coming. You know, at some point, guys like Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost might make the team. And, and those guys, if and when they get here, will make the team faster, you know, from a depth standpoint further down the lineup, which I think is good. 
Um, but I think it's fair to say that this isn't a this isn't a naturally speedy team. Um, you know, they don't have a ton of burners. Konechny obviously is a is a really good skater, and Ghost has great acceleration. They have a couple other guys who can move, but you know, this isn't a team full with guys like obviously like Conor McDavid, but even even other you know types of fast players as well. I think they can play fast though, and I think that's what Vino wants them to do. It's a lot of you know. A team can have a lot of good skaters but not play fast if they're not making accurate passes, if they're not leading you know, their teammates with passes into the offensive zone, if they're not playing with an aggressive forecheck. And I think what Vino wants this team to do is he wants them to play fast even if they're not necessarily extremely fast skaters up and down the lineup. And I think they're capable of doing that. They just need to make quicker decisions, and they need to be more decisive in the routes that they take with and without the puck. And I think the players they have are capable of doing that, and whether they actually do it is another story. And especially against Calgary, they certainly didn't. Um, but I think they can do it. Again, it's just going to be, in my mind, a matter of execution and uh, adhering to you know what Elaine Vigneault is preaching. You talked about the players that we have up at the, the big club, but you're also going to Allentown tonight to see some of the guys you just talked about. Is it possible that, I mean, what I've heard from the people in Allentown is through the first few games, Philippe Myers has just looked incredible and that he doesn't look like he belongs in the AHL. And everybody constantly talks about Morgan Frost. Is it possible that those guys are going to be here soon or are they, is there a, a, a log jam, especially on defense since they brought in Chris Stewart? I think there is a defense logjam to a degree. And, you know, one thing that Elaine Vigneault made clear when I was on the trip this week in, in Western Canada was that he's pretty happy with how the defense is playing. Um, so I don't know if they would call up Myers if he's just going to sit. Um, I think if they call him up, it's going to be because they want to put him in the top six. And I think in the end, he will get there. Like, I think he'll be up with the Flyers this year without a doubt. But as long as he's not going to be pushing someone out, I think they'll just let him continue to dominate in the AHL and get as many games as he can down there. But I'm with you. You know, I, this is the first game I'm, I'm seeing in person. I watched the first game they, the, the Phantoms played on, a, you know, on an online stream, and Myers looks fantastic. He looks he looks too good for the AHL, and, and I think they know that. They, they know that. You know, this is a guy who they sort of penciled in to make the team this year. He kind of had an underwhelming training camp, and that gave them a justification to send him down. But he's he's ready to you know start adjusting full time to the NHL, and I think it's just a matter of time. You know whether it's an injury or whether you know one of the six starting defensemen just starts playing really poorly, he'll get his shot. As for the forwards, you know you mentioned Morgan Frost. Uh, he's not that he's playing poorly, but I do think he's still adjusting to the professional game. Uh, the guy who really is standing out in this first couple games, in my mind, is uh, is Joel Farabee. I mean, he has two goals in his first two games. He looks like the same guy who almost made the team out of camp. And uh, I don't know when he'll get here, but if he keeps this up, he'll definitely be here at some point this year. And uh, and he's, in my mind, stylistically, exactly the kind of player the Flyers need uh, to fill out their forward core. He's, he's not a, a super fast guy, but he's a, he's a good skater. He can shoot, and he's just a relentless guy on the forecheck. And I think that's exactly the type of player that, uh, you know, that Vigneault wants to, to play his kind of system. So I, I would hope that that Farabee keeps playing this well and, and gets a call up at some point in the next few months. Two players I'm wondering about. What is going on with Vino and Jake Voracek, and how is Nolan Patrick's road back from migraines going? I saw he was out on the ice at practice today. Yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with Patrick. Um, we, we asked for an update from, from Chuck Fletcher on Nolan Patrick today. 
Uh, he basically said no change, but there is a change because Patrick is now skating with his teammates. Uh, he hasn't gone through a full, complete contact practice with his teammates, uh, but he's skating out there more with them. I think with him, it's more that this month is kind of functioning as his preseason and training camp because he didn't really get a training camp. So he's not in game shape, even if, like, theoretically – like, I would assume if the, if the migraines were still bothering him on a daily basis, he wouldn't be skating and he wouldn't be practicing with the teammates. So now it's essentially, okay, we need to get this guy into game shape. And however long that takes, it's hard to say. You know, a, a preseason and training camp is about three and a half weeks. Is it going to take Nolan Patrick three and a half weeks to get, to get ready to play? Probably not that long unless the, the migraines come back. But it may take him a little bit of time. He may have to go down to the AHL to uh, kind of get like a, a semi-preseason game out of a, a minor league game, not that he's getting sent down for performance sake, but just kind of like a conditioning assignment in, uh, in baseball. Um, as, for, uh, as for Jake, you know, I think Jake is he's, – he's adjusting to what Elaine Vigneault wants. And I, I want to make it clear, it's not that he's clashing with Elaine Vigneault. I, every time I've talked to Jake, you know, he's, he's – fully on board with what Vigneault is trying to do. And Vigneault never said anything bad about Voracek. But the big focus this year, up and down the organization, has been to get better defensively. And that's not just the defense. That's the forwards as well. And I think Voracek right now is, is kind of sacrificing some of his offense to make sure that he's adhering to that new mandate from above. And as a result, he's not playing as well as he necessarily can play. But it's not because he's not, you know, it's not because he's not trying. It's just because he's trying to make sure that he's, you know, he's doing all the little things before he goes and tries to do the big things. And it's going to take us some time to find, a, to find the balance between, you know, being a bit more defensively responsible and still getting the goals and assists and points that we're all used to. I think he'll get there. But uh, I think for him, it's just maybe a little bit more of an adjustment period because in the old regime, he maybe was given a little bit more freedom to uh, to freelance and you know kind of blast his own a little bit early trying to get get points and goals and this year under the new regime they want to cut down on the goals against so that's what he's focusing on right now and then I think slowly he's going to put the offense back into his game when he figures out how to fit that in with uh, with the defensive side that they're trying to preach. Well, we hope you have a good drive out to Allentown. Look forward to reading about what you see out there. How can people find your work if they want to stay updated? Uh, sure. So, uh, so I write for uh, for the Athletic. Uh, it's a subscription-based website, um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Charlie O underscore Con uh, if you want to uh, to read my daily thoughts on the team. Well, we will keep sharing what you're putting out there, and appreciate you giving us some time. Look forward to hopefully having you on again later in the season. Yeah, I would love to. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great one. You Jeff, how do you feel about the Flyers after talking to Charlie? I actually feel pretty good about them. Okay. Um, I, I'm with him that I, I'm seeing more glass half full. I, I do think that this particular travel schedule, while the Flyers may have wanted it, I doubt the players wanted it. I don't think it. the Flyers wanted a back-to-back. I think they wanted the Western Conference, the Western trip early, but I don't think they wanted a back-to-back with Prague. No. And, and it, it also... I don't know if you saw that there have been it's been more in the NBA that it's been discussed lately is this issue with sleep deprivation and and, and Tobias Harris said it's going to be like concussion. Yeah. And, and so the same applies to almost every sport and hockey. The hockey schedule is very similar to the NBA schedule. It might even be worse because you have all the teams in Canada. So there's a lot more travel. This is I don't know how you can 
adjust to the European time zone, to the East Coast time zone, to two West Coast time zones, all in a, a period of, what, a week and a half, that I, I'm just not reading too much into 2-2-1 two, two, and one that I'm not worried about. Because I, I do believe that Carter Hart, whether it be this year or whether it's going to be You've in a couple in. years— I have bought into the Carter Hart. Yeah, and, and you're I on the Carter into, Hart bandwagon. And I'm starting to see, while they've brought in some veterans, especially on the defensive end, I see the youth. I don't know what they'll all be like. I still think Nolan Patrick, it, it, knock on wood that this migraine thing doesn't become a long-term issue, I see him as part of the future, the Morgan Frost thing, I, Philippe Myers. I'm starting to see youth, which is what you want to see. All right, I'm going to leave the Flyers there. We've got about five minutes left. So I'm going to whip around with plenty of sports. You going down to the Sixers final preseason home game tonight? I am not. You are not. No. Are you going to be at the home opener that they have? Darn tootin' I am. Randall behind the glass, you going down to the game tonight? No, you're not going either. Oh, God. He, How did he get back? Yeah, there? he snuck back in the studio oh. to, to harass you uh -huh. a little more. Um, any thoughts on the preseason? Matthias Tebel uh, has already done more in his career than Markel Fultz has as a Sixer. Anything else that you've you've seen? I think or you that's noticed? enough. I, I I think watching Thibault. I mean, I've been I've seen him down at Media Day. I've seen all of his his uh, preseason games. He is a defensive dynamo. You don't I talk mean, about he, defensive guy. Norvell Pell had himself a block party the other yeah, day. Yeah, Norvell Pell might be. I I, I just think that uh, he's going to build on what he did last year, and this is his opportunity. And I think he'll be. I, I think he's going to be if they if he's a. Uh, Backup center, he'll probably be the third center behind Kyle O'Quinn. We will talk more Sixers next week as the season starts. Uh, the NBA still can't get out of its own way regarding China, Jeff. We it's just, much longer. Enough, yeah, there's not enough time in the day to discuss all the things, but LeBron, please just stop. <laughs> You're not making things better. Yeah. All right. Uh, now I'm going to move to the Phillies yeah. because uh, you believe that the Phillies are going about things all wrong, uh, and they have seemingly narrowed it down to three I don't know potential if there are typos here. Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, and Joe Girardi. Uh -huh. You believe they're going after the wrong Dusty. Well, that's first Make off. Make your case. Uh, I, I keep hoping that I'm going to wake up in the morning and that, that somebody's going to say that they had it all wrong and that it was Dusty Wathen that they were interviewing a second time, not Dusty Baker. I don't get what Dusty Baker brings to the table. One He's an older manager. He's certainly not going to be going with any analytics at he this point. He would be old, at 70 years old. He would be older than any active manager in Major League Baseball right, and the oldest manager that the Phillies have ever had. But I, but I believe this was only a week ago we discussed this very topic and have discussed it more times than I care to actually imagine is, is that Gabe Kapler, one of the biggest frustrations I had with him was his management of the pitching staff in the bullpen. And that's what Dusty, Dusty Baker, San Francisco is fans still don't forgive him. That's from right. Caught he took, what they he say took in 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 the World Series, took out a pitcher who was had a four hitter going, and they came back. They they gave away a lead and lost six to five in the World Series. And people in San Francisco have not forgiven him, despite they've won multiple championships since then with Bruce Bochy. He, he not only did this with one team, he's done it with four teams, including most recently with the Nationals team just a year and a half ago, which since he left, last time I checked, is actually going to the World Series without Bryce Harper. Barring something unforeseen happening. Are you happy we, that my blood pressure is risen When now? we come on the air next week, one yeah. of those three men will likely be the Phillies manager. So now we're – because the other choice – one of the other choices is just bringing another Orioles retread in. Well, that's their – 
Fails basically trying to rebuild the Orioles organization here. Did the Orioles win the World Series? No, with, with they this? haven't won anything. So then, what's the point of this? I, look, I've I wanted them all gone. Yeah, I'm just pointing that out, reminding I me. I told again. you, Wathen or Raul. You want to think out of the box? Bring in Raul Abanez. You mentioned the Nationals. Uh, uh, May 23rd, the Phillies had a 10 game lead on the Washington Nationals, who are now getting ready to start the World Series next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw with Washington, on what you're seeing with the Astros and Yankees. We've got game five tonight at Yankee Stadium. Houston's up three to one. Washington's sitting there waiting for them to arrive. You can talk about juice balls all you want, but when you get to the postseason, it's pitching. And I'm going to have to ask Bud Selig about that when I sit with him about the juice balls. Well, I, I, yeah, well, we could talk about that because I don't think they're juiced. I mean, players keep saying they're not juiced. It's just that the seams are changed. So, but the pitching in these playoffs is what's winning. And so the Yankees now are in a 3-1 deficit, and they have to face Verlander and Cole back-to-back, okay? If they pull, somehow pull that off and get to a Game 7, kudos to them. You can tell me what you want me to do on air that will embarrass me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll let Randall And Rand will be quiet. So, uh, but... This matchup, this potential matchup of Scherzer and his crew versus Cole and his crew oh, the in the pitching. World Series, that would be a World Series to watch. I'll watch it. I don't think You'll it's going to be a ratings it, winner, But though. it's not going to be a ratings. I mean, Houston versus Washington is not going to be a ratings winner. But no, l- I don't look, think if so. the Dodgers want to keep choking, more power to them. Keep choking. <laughs> uh, is Michigan going to win this week, Jeff? No. No? Uh-uh. Any college football games you want to watch in the last 40 seconds? Yeah, I want to watch the Rutgers-Minnesota game. Nobody and, wants and, to and watch if, Rutgers and if I, play if football. I, if I can also get on another station, the Appalachian State University of Louisiana-Monroe Does it give you shivers that Appalachian State is ranked right now? No, we built that program. And <laughs> when I said we, <laughs> I'm talking about Michigan, and I was there for that game. <laughs> you were there yes, for that it loss. Was, it was considered child abuse because it was. I took my son to his first Michigan football game, and that was it. <laughs> and they lost yes. to App, App State. Yes. All right, Jeff, I'm going to let you leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>